Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. With us in the studio again today as we begin the life study of Genesis is Ron Kangas. Ron, before we start the life study of Genesis, I wonder if you would take a few minutes and cover the historical setting and context of the life study of the Bible with Witness Lee. The life study of the scriptures carried out by Brother Witness Lee began early in 1974 with the message that we will begin to consider today on Genesis. I was present in a meeting in January of 1974 in which Brother Lee opened up in fellowship his great and weighty burden concerning the life study of the Scriptures. We surely need to study the Scriptures. And this life study stands upon the shoulders of the great teachers and expositors throughout the centuries. So it is a study. However, this study is what we call a life study. We surely are studying with our whole being exercised. But the object of our study in particular is to grasp and to experience eventually the life element in the Word of God. And by the life element we mean the scriptural testimony and the scriptural supply concerning the experience of Christ as life for the fulfillment of God's economy. It was Brother Lee's burden to help the seeking Christians and even thoughtful people everywhere to realize that the Bible is a book of life. Every book is permeated with the element of life. So beginning in April 1974, we had the start of the life study of the Scriptures, a study that on the one hand is detailed and rigorous and which honors the contribution of our forebears in the Lord. On the other hand, it is a study that has a particular objective, and that objective is not merely to garner more information, more doctrines from the Scriptures. The object of this study is the Lord himself revealed in the Word, who is our life. We would invite our listeners to participate in at least two ways. First, we welcome you to join in our study, in the careful, thoughtful examination of the Scriptures. And second, we encourage you to join us and to join our brother, Witness Lee, in coming to the Scriptures, not merely for knowledge, but to contact the Lord Himself 
and to experience him as life for the fulfillment of God's eternal purpose. This is our burden in the life study of Genesis. May the Lord richly bless the release of the word. And in particular, dear listeners, may the Lord bless the receiving of the word. Thank you, Ron. Before we join Witness Lee with the life study of Genesis, we would like to point out that these programs are taken from tapes of Witness Lee that were made over 23 years ago. And the audio quality in many instances is certainly below what we wish we had to present. But because the content is of such a classic nature, we feel compelled to present this valuable ministry to God's people, regardless of the inconvenience of the audio quality. We hope that you agree with us, and we would certainly like to hear from you. So with that, let us join Witness Lee from April 1974 with the beginning of the life study of Genesis. Well, I'm so happy that we all could be here to have a life study on the living word. The Bible took 1,600 years to get completed. It was started from Moses, the greatest prophet of God, through the apostle John. We thank the Lord that from that time he has opened up his word again and again through so many great teachers. And we have to say that today we are on the shoulders of so many great teachers. Now, what is the Bible? This book itself says all scripture is God breathed. The Bible is the breath of God. It is not just the word, the thought of God, but it is even the more the breath of God. The Bible is something that breathes out of the being of God. So whenever we come to this book with an open heart, right away we can touch something divine. Not just the thought, not just the concept, not just the knowledge, not just the words, the sentences, but something deeper than all these things. We just touch what God is. What God is, is breathed out through this divine book. This is why the Lord Jesus did say the word that he speaks. They are the spirit. Well, in this divine word, as the spirit, What is mainly revealed? Life. What is life? Uh, Who is life? The answer is in the word of the Lord Jesus. He says, I am life, and I am come that you may have life. So, the Bible revealed to us life, and life is Christ. Whenever we come to the Bible, we have to come with such a realization 
that we are coming to contact Christ as our life. So, the Bible is a record of Christ as life to us. Ron, let's interrupt Witness Lee's introduction to Genesis. I wonder if you would comment on his assertion that the primary revelation of the entire Bible is life, and that this life is Christ. I would pick up with the expression primary revelation. We regard it as established that the Bible reveals the moral requirements of a holy and righteous God. So in that sense, the Bible is a book of morality. We also regard it as established that the Bible is a book of divine truth because it unveils the truth of God communicated through various authors. So the Bible is a book of truth. Many recognize that the Bible is a book of Christ. It is not merely a book of facts or history or truths or moral injunctions. The Bible testifies of Christ. Surely it's a great improvement to realize this. But in our life study, we intend to go one step further and to testify that primarily the Bible is a book of life. The Lord's words are the words of life. We need to come to the Word in order to receive life. We need to go below the surface to touch the essence of the Scriptures, which is God's breath, which breath becomes our life. This is not the time to go into elaborate detail to substantiate uh, this view. It is the time, I believe, to bear witness of our burden to help the seeking Christians see that the Bible is a book of eternal life. What does 1 John 5, 11 and 12 tell us? God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. So the Bible is a book of life. This life is in the Son. And according to the Gospel of John, the Son himself is life. Therefore, we testify that the primary revelation of the Bible is Christ as life for the believer's experience of the Lord Jesus Christ as everything in and for God's economy. Thank you, Ron. Let's go back to Witness Lee with today's life study of Genesis. Now, we start from the first book, and we all know the first book, no need for me to say, is Genesis just in three sections. The first two chapters are the first section. And then from chapter 3 through chapter 11, you have the second section. And then from chapter 12 to chapter 50, you have the third section. And each section starts with a name. God 
the serpent and Jehovah. God created. The serpent came in to damage. But Jehovah came to call. God created the heavens and the earth. We will see God also eventually, ultimately created man. After God's creation, a subtle one, the serpent, crept in. He came in in a sneaky way. He came in to damage, and he did. My, he really damaged God's creation, so there was no hope. But Jehovah came to call, to call out Abraham. Hallelujah. I tell you, this is Genesis. Genesis is God created the serpent damage and Jehovah called. The first two chapters are apparently a record of God's creation. Then in the following 48 chapters, you have biographies of eight great persons, Adam, Abel, Enoch, and Noah. Then you have another four, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Two groups. And you have to see the first four belonged to one race, and the last four belonged to another race. The first race was a Adamic race, the race that belonged to Adam. And the second race is the race that belonged to Abraham. In Genesis, you have these two fathers, the father Adam and the father Abraham. And the race of Adam was a created race. And the race of Abraham was a called race. Galatians 3 tells us, Whosoever believes in Jesus Christ is a son of Abraham. So we all belong to the called race. Hallelujah. We were created, but now we are called. Perhaps we could break in at this point, Ron. Witness Lee has been giving us a general overview of the structure and focus of Genesis, and one point intrigues me. He mentioned that Genesis unveils two races, the Adamic race and the Abrahamic race. Would you explain these two races for us? By the Adamic race, we mean humankind in general as God's creation. Everyone in the old creation as a descendant of the first man, Adam, is part of the Adamic race. The historical record in Genesis demonstrates the created race, the Adamic race, became an utter failure. So God, in a sense, changed his strategy. He had a new beginning with Abram, later called Abraham, and made him the father of of a new race, of a called race of people. So instead of trying to work directly with the created or Adamic race as a whole, God chose to work with this called race 
not as an end in itself, but that through them, eventually, he could bless the Adamic race. In a very particular and accurate sense, the bulk of the book of Genesis is a story not of the Adamic race, but of the Abrahamic race, not of the created race, but of the called race. Just a little P.S. to this, how good it is that according to Paul's word in Galatians 3 and 4, we who believe in Christ Jesus are the real sons of Abraham. We are the real continuation, not of the Adamic race, but of the Abrahamic race. This, I believe, is the central thought in considering the distinction between the Adamic and Abrahamic, the created and the called races. If there's anyone listening who is still a member only of the created race, we urge you desperately to receive the Lord Jesus, call on his name, and believe into him to become a son of Abraham, a child of God, a real participant in the called Abrahamic race. Thank you, Ron. Let's go back to Witness Lee with today's life study of Genesis. The two chapters at the opening of the Bible appears to be a kind record of creation. But the underlying thought is focused on life. You look into these two chapters. First of all, it mentions God created the universe. And then the universe was damaged. It became waste, empty, full of darkness, and so forth. Then the sphere of God came in to brood, to produce life. Following the spirit of life, the light came in. And the light is also for producing life. And then the air was made to separate the water of death. And then the land came out of the dead water. For what? For the purpose to produce all kinds of lives. So you have four steps. Number one, the spirit came in. Number two, the light came in. Number three, the air was made. Number four, the land came out of dead water. Then right away, you have all kinds of plant lives that were produced out of the land. Then you have the animal life in the water. Then you have the animal life in the air. Then you have the animal life on the earth. And eventually, you have the human life. And after the human life, you have the divine life, which was indicated by the tree of life. By this you just can see the two chapters, strictly speaking, are not a record of creation, but rather with the focus of life. Then how about the biographies of the eight persons? Well, if you read Genesis again carefully, you will be surprised these biographies didn't say much about the works 
of this dead person. The Bible didn't tell us what Adam did. Just a little bit. Yet do you know how long Adam lived? Yeah, 930 years. My, 930 years were a long time. But I tell you, it only tells us how Adam worked in the presence of God. That's all. This book, strictly speaking, is not a book of creation. Don't misunderstand me. It's not a book of biographies. It is a book of life. Ron, I'd like to ask you about this final point. I think most of us in our consideration of Genesis, as Brother Lee pointed out, think of it first as a book of creation and then as a book of biographies of some of the great figures of the Old Testament. But in reality, in light of today's message, how accurate are these perceptions? These perceptions, in my judgment, are accurate, but they are very elementary and actually quite superficial. If you would read through the book of Genesis, you will surely find an account of creation and some kind of biographical records of people such as Noah and Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. But if we only see this, we're not getting the point. Consider the vast span of time from Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created, to the last word of Genesis 50 about Joseph's being buried in a coffin in Egypt. It's a tremendous span of time. How many events, how many human stories uh, were unfolded during this period of time? There is some principle of selectivity operating according to God's inspiration, that out of the vast wealth of material covering thousands of years, God would inspire Moses to write a relatively short book covering certain things in the lives of certain people. It is this that we need to see. What is the crucial matter conveyed through the account of creation and through the biographies? This crucial matter is life. Not human life, not the natural life, but the experience of the divine life. Genesis is a book of life. The account of creation needs to be understood according to the revelation of the divine life. All the central figures embody and signify real and practical experiences of the divine life. So yes, Genesis is a book of creation and biographies. That's accurate. We begin here. We don't end here. We begin with this accurate, although incomplete, picture and then go on to focus on what God focuses on, which is the experience of the divine life in Christ, revealed typified and signified by all the material in the book of Genesis. So, both creation and the human biographies serve the same purpose, to reveal the triune God 
embodied in Christ as life for our experience, so that we, by experiencing this wonderful life, may be one with God in Christ to fulfill the purpose for which we were created. Thank you, Ron. I believe we had a very satisfying beginning to our life study of Genesis. You have been listening to the Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge. Yeah.